Hello and welcome to Plot Trisk. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing When Beauty Tamed the Beast by Eloisa James. This was published in 2011 and is number two in the fairy tale series. So let's just dive right into it with the jacket. Miss Lynette Berry Thryn is a beauty. Naturally, she's betrothed to a beast. Piers Yelverton, Earl of Marchant, lives in a castle in Wales where, it is rumored, his bad temper flays everyone he crosses. And rumor also has it that a wound has left the Earl immune to the charms of any woman. Lynette is not just any woman. She is more than merely lovely. Her wit and charm brought a prince to his knees. She estimates the Earl will fall madly in love in just two weeks. Yet Lynette has no idea of the danger posed to her own heart by a man who may never love her in return. If she decides to be very wicked indeed, what price will she pay for taming his wild heart? That is a, a really bad jacket. <laughs> it started out like, okay, but then... It doesn't really talk about the plot at all. No. And not in a way that needed to be avoided. To be fair, there's not much of a plot in this book. Yeah, and a lot of what is there doesn't make sense. This book, honestly, is weird. So <laughs> I was reading it, and I was like, what, what, what's going on in this book? Let's, so let's do our random number summaries. So as you know, we generate a random number for our episodes, and then we write a summary based on that number. This episode, that number is 22. Take it away, Lane. Sure. Dr. Aristocrat, shaped by his father's addiction in looks and temperament, is saved by a woman who is hot in looks and temperament. I like it. Uh, here's mine. Why is it only upon experiencing a near-death experience that a man learns to say, I love you? I mean, that is, is that rhetorical? I mean, it is such a trope in so many I know. books, and I'm starting to get so sick of it. Like, it's got to be a real, really good near-death experience for me to like it. Like in Devil in Winter, I was like, okay, that's fair. He just sacrificed himself for a woman, and he didn't even say I love you. I was like, okay, that's fair. And I know you hated that book, but. Well, and I also think it depends when it happens. Like, I don't mind it when, like, trauma brings people together and makes them how much realize how much they care about each other. Like, if we're talking near-death experience, as in there's a poisonous snake in the cave in the first third of the book, love that. That's fair. But when we've gotten to the point where the characters, like, are talking about marriage and should have had real conversations by now, it just, like, it feels really exhausted and overused. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the tropes in this one, she is a, so it's a ruined woman and she's got to find someone to marry her despite her reputation. But as per usual in these books, she's not really ruined. Yeah. She's ruined in the eyes of society because she wore a, an empire waist dress that made her look fat and she ate some bad prawns and threw up. So the rumor went around. caught kissing a prince. Yeah. And the rumor is going around that she's prego. Yeah. So basically she got caught kissing someone who was never going to marry her and society says she's prego. Mm -hmm. And if that weren't enough in and of itself to ruin her reputation, her mom was a notorious harlot. Yes. 
who cheat on her dad like constantly. And so everybody's making snide comments about how it runs in the family. Yeah. So she's got to find someone to marry her. And this is where the book confused me. It gets weird. Real so early. her aunt points out that there is one unmarried Duke in society who's never found a bride, even though he's like 35. And this Duke's father is one concerned that his son will never find a spouse and two is obsessed with royalty. Apparently. And so the fact that if Lynette were to be pregnant, it would be a royal bastard might appeal to him because said eligible Duke is rumored in society to be impotent. And this would be the only way he could get an heir for his line. And the fact that the heir would be a prince by blood would be appealing to this dude. This plot point is one, not real because she's not pregnant. Yeah. But two, the prince doesn't, I mean, the, the Duke never thinks she's pregnant. It's, it's weird. So Lane is saying Duke actually. The dad, sorry. He's an heir to a dukedom. The dad's the Duke. So when you say the Duke never thinks she's pregnant, you mean the dad? Yeah, the dad never really thinks she's pregnant or cares about it. No, not really. He's just a pan- So the Duke has got a bad relationship with his son, and he's using this to get FaceTime with his son, basically. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, the whole... It's, it's, it's a really odd setup. And normally, I am totally into weird batshit setups. But it's not just weird. It's irrelevant. Like, there's a lot of pages kept, like, spent coming up with this scheme. Yeah. And it turns out that this Duke would have, like, literally shoved any woman he could get his hands on at his son. Yeah. So the fact that there was this elaborate scheme that had to do with, is she pregnant or is she not pregnant or is she pretending to be pregnant? Like, it was all unnecessary. Well, and it's, the whole thing seemed very flimsy. And, you know, I can deal with certain flimsiness in romance novels. But this was just like, like, really, I mean, she never when she's not pregnant, like she's not. So all she had to do was wear a different dress the next day. You know? Well, not only that, the family's plan is for her to go out and have sex with the prince. Yeah. Even after he's publicly rejected her and she's been publicly ruined to then yeah. be privately ruined in the hopes she actually gets pregnant. It's, it's yeah. really weird and not in a good way. No, I, I wasn't into it. Um, I mean, the whole, the other thing that I didn't like about it is that, um, Lynette is like absolutely gorgeous. She's like so, 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 so beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. This in in and of itself does not bother me because in fact, what I, the thing that I dislike the most is when the girl is absolutely gorgeous, but she doesn't know it Mm -hmm. and has no self-confidence. So I Mm -hmm. hate that. But what I disliked about this is the fact that she is beautiful and that somehow this means that she doesn't have any friends who are girls. And I was like, really? Like, really, Eloisa James, you had to go there? It's, like, really stupid. Pretty girls can have friends, too. And they do. Yeah, and they do. And it would have been one thing if she had been pretty and she had also not had friends for another reason, say the scandalous reputation of her family. Yeah. But the fact that it was very much, uh, well, women have hated her since the minute she came out. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah. And I mean, sure, some people are going to be 
annoyed or find you competitive, you know, especially if it's the whole marriage mark, blah, blah, blah. But all that means is you just, if you get married faster then someone else is going to marry the other girls, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just find that the, I found that aspect really off putting. Yes, I agree. There's also, she's given the cut direct by everyone in society simultaneously. Yeah. Like I get that these are the, fairy tale romances and so like they're not meant to be realistic but the degree to which she is alone not just in society but also within her family mm-hmm. is really extreme really extreme and you know it would be one thing if she was mean and had to learn to be nice because I've read romances like that and it's I find them at least refreshing mm-hmm. uh, and interesting but in this case she actually turned out she's like nice very intelligent very fun person and yet she has no friends and her family's kind of jerky and you know like I was like she can't be both a nice person witty smart beautiful and also not well dowered minor aristocracy yeah Yeah, exactly it just was too it was too much to too much yeah and once again I get fairy tale it's meant to be too much But I don't feel like she leaned into the fairy tale as much with this one, with the origin stories, especially. Yeah. And so it just led to feeling like really halfway. Yeah. Like unrealistic, but not big R romantic. Yes. So, so basic. So she gets ruined in society because she's not really pregnant. And then they convince a Duke that. She should marry his son because she'll give him a royal baby, although the Duke doesn't actually believe it and just wants to go see his son. All right. So it take, takes a while. It takes six chapters of them apart. They meet in chapter seven. That's a long time to spend apart in a romance novel. I've talked about this before, and sure, Georgette Hare can do it, but she's about the only one. Yeah, and it's it's difficult because I think – the relationship development between these two characters is really interesting because I think a lot of their dialogue and their banter is great. I agree. I really liked their banter. And I get what they have in common. Like, yeah. she's really interested in the medical stuff that is his life passion. I get why they're into each other, like, emotionally in a life partner way. And you get that they're really into each other. hmm Like, in a sexual way, too. But at the same time, I feel like their interactions didn't feel very in character, mm-hmm. especially when the big emotional moments hit. Yeah. Including the sex scenes. So it's weird because I want to praise like their compatibility. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't enjoy the really defining moments in their relationship because I felt like they were both behaving so weirdly. It, they were. This book is just I think that's the big the word for it is weird. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we've talked about it, but they, they both have daddy issues and she's got mommy issues too. And he loves his mother and they have a good relationship, but his parents have a messed up relationship. Yeah. Which I understand. And I had some issues with that. We'll get, let's talk about that at the end. Cause I have some issues yeah. with that myself. And then she has a near death experience, which And also, let's throw this out there as a content warning um, because of the time period that we're reading this. She uh, there is a um, an outbreak of illness. He's a doctor. Scarlet fever. Scarlet fever. And she gets it and she almost dies. Um, And quite a few people do die from it in this book. So 
just throwing it out there, there is a, an infectious disease outbreak. Well, and just to do all the trigger warnings now, um, his childhood was filled with really violent abuse. Yes, abuse and his father, uh, and there are addiction issues as well. Mm -hmm. And if you have issues with someone getting over their addiction uh, and then getting forgiven for everything, then you will probably have a problem with this book because I had a big problem with that. Yeah, it was... Obviously, stuff like forgiving your abuser and um, scarlet fever and, you know, being a party to complicated relations between your parents. And I mean this for both main characters. Like, in her case, her mom was constantly cheating on her dad, but they were staying together and she ended up kind of shoved in the middle of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, those are really heavy topics. Mm-hmm. And so to have them be throwaway lines that were sort of self-serving in this fairy tale yeah i think that was i think doesn't that's really work because they're like these things aren't taken seriously they're not treated as issues in and of themselves they're just plot service yeah and maybe maybe that's the issue is that they're in this like very odd book if this book was like totally super fun and like surface i probably would have loved the whole fake pregnancy thing right the fact it's insane. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think maybe maybe that's my issue with this book. I think you're right. Is there this there's this weird tension between the seriousness of the issues and yet the surface level of the rest of the book. Yeah, it it never found a chord that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a shame because I liked reading like the banter between these two characters. And then they'd get into a big fight and I would not understand where either of them were coming from. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the one really super weird thing about this book. So, Eloisa James does this sometimes. She'll base a character in the book on, like, a celebrity or a character in real life. Mm -hmm. Not real life, but, like, in in contemporary culture. So, if you remember when we talked about uh, The Duke is Mine, and there was a Sir Justin Lefevre, who was Mm -hmm. based on Justin Bieber, Right. right. So in this book, Piers, our hero, was based on House MD. If you remember that book back in the that book, excuse me, that TV show on Fox back in the early mid aughts. That's who Piers is based on. So he limps around. He's got a cane. He himself had addiction issues in the past, but has gotten Did old. He? He took some stuff and then he didn't want to get addicted like his father. Yeah, so I think his whole point is like, addicted, but he, yeah. and some of the stuff he's never tried. Right. But he's tempted to, yeah. Okay. And he's a total asshole. And he's got these interns who follow him around and suggest, like, basically, imagine House. And his cousin is Wilson. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It's a little too much for me. A little too much for me. Yeah, it was very, very obvious. And not in a way that, like, felt fun even 20 years past House. Yeah. And I was like, would I have liked this better if I was, like, a big House fan back in the day? I don't know. I didn't – I watched the show once or twice. I wasn't, like, a big fan. But it was such a part of popular culture that, you know, you know about it. Yeah, I don't – it wasn't, like, something I watched regularly, but I've definitely seen a number of episodes. Yeah. So – yeah. I don't know. I just, 
the problem is, and I know this has been presented in popular culture, and I don't have a strong opinion because it wasn't my show. House is a dick. Oh, he's a major asshole. And Piers is a dick. He's such an asshole. And it doesn't really make sense here. I don't know if it made sense on House, but it really doesn't make sense here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. So there is one novel I can think of that does this well, uh, and it's The Luckiest Lady in London by Sherry Thomas. And it shows these two characters who are like super self super self centered and like total jerks, who somehow end up being perfect for each other, right? And I think that's what Eloisa James was going for here. I think she was going for these are two jerks who are somehow each other's. But she's not a ass. jerk at all. That's the issue. I think she started out going to like to be a jerk because she didn't have friends and blah blah blah. Yeah. Right? But James couldn't take it all the way. You know, no. she couldn't, she couldn't go all the way there. And we've read no. female jerks before, uh, like the one by Julianne Long, remember? Um, yes, with the butterfly man. Yes. Uh, and she was, she I mean, she was a great jerk. Oh, God. So this is the second book in the Penny Royal Green, Penny Royal Green series. Mm-hmm. I forget the name like, of it, but. Like No Other Lover. Bang, look at you. Um, but the main character there, she was self-centered. In any other book, she would have been the... Celia? Probably. She would have been the villain in any other book. That's yes. not the case with Lynette here. No, she's honestly really, really likable. Yeah. So if, One of if my we... favorite things is like, so she's in the situation where her family like tells her she's got to go sleep with a guy who just rejected her. Instead, she gets in the carriage and just rides around and takes a nap. She takes a nap. It's really, it's fun. It's hilarious. And then she goes to Wales to meet Piers. And then when he's like, I don't want to get married. She's like, cool. I'm going to go back to my parents' house and then probably go to France. Yeah. She's like, I'm down with like, that. Whatever. I don't like you much doesn't... anyway. It's not that she's not sad that her family sucks and that she has to like start over, but she's just... In no way, shape, or form does she conceive of herself as ruined. She thinks this whole thing is ridiculous, and whatever she has to do to, like, not have to deal with it, she's going to do. Yeah. And I just, like, she was very, she seemed very practical and down-to-earth. Yeah, exactly. To use words that are overused. She seemed like she would have a lot of friends. She did, but she also, like, I I genuinely liked about her that she didn't seem beaten by anything or that, like, she thought she should be. Yeah. No, so she was a very likable character. So I think there was a a discrepancy between how she was described and how she behaved. Yes. And maybe that's where I'm getting into the character inconsistencies. Yeah. No, I I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, And then one of the things I had an issue with as well is that their relationship development, basically they only talk to each other because they go to a sea pool and swim there. Like that's when they talk to each other. There's no other time that they have like conversations, convos. Yeah, so that's definitely true. Also true is they spend all this time together, like, half-dressed at the sea pools, and it's not as sexy as it should be. Oh, it should be way sexier, and it's not. It's, like, profoundly kind of intentionally unsexy sometimes. Mm -hmm. I did not get it. I did not like it. And I just, I didn't understand the choice either. Because also, Piers was all, he was very much like, I'm not going to marry you. We're not going to do this. And then the next day, he goes into her room at 5 in the morning and wakes her up to go swimming. This is where I talk about character inconsistencies. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Very yeah. weird. Um, okay, so towards the end, 
he basically kicks Lynette out of the house. He's like, we're not getting married, even though they've been sleeping with each other and they're perfect for each other. And everyone knows it, even him. And he still kicks her out because I get, oh my God, such a trope. He wants to punish his father. Well, and it was also a hilarious line because I, I think I've read this line so many times in my life. Mm-hmm. She says, I love you and you love me. And his response is not denial. It's to say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right? It's so, yeah. Yes. So she leaves. And then here's where it, the plot takes yet another wacko turn on her way out of town. She gets scarlet fever. So she gets sick. And the coachman gets sick and he drives to the wrong town. By the time he arrives, he's basically dead. And then these people, these nasty innkeepers, take her out of the carriage and put her in the chicken coop. Yeah, which, first of all, let's talk about sudden onset scarlet fever. Yeah, right. (laughs) In a book that, like, spends so much time describing medical maladies in grave detail, kind of can't get away with that. It's very odd. But next, these people know there's a hospital. She shows up in a duke's carriage, knowing that the castle lord is the son of the duke, and they just assume it's a girl they don't care about. Yeah, they're like, we're going to throw her in the chicken coop and not give her, they don't even, like, give her any food or water? Yeah, and also, we've read so many books that describe, like, the quality of cloth that people wore was so different between the classes, like... There's no way that this girl shows up in an abandoned duke's carriage and they think she's a servant. And like, yeah. if these people were supposed to be greedy and heartless, cool, they're evil. They're going to want as much money as possible. And keeping this girl alive and taking her to the castle where the duke's son is, is probably their best bet at money. So there's just these weirdly villainous people at the end. Also that he can make some grand gesture of healing her and like carrying her around with his weak leg and then crawling across the ground naked is it, it's In not incredible sexy. detail it's not fun. also she's delirious so there's no relationship development i had issues with it obviously also i'm just gonna go out on a limb she has scarlet fever or is recovering from scarlet fever for the last 20 percent of the book mm-hmm. anyone know it's not sexy hmm open sores and then your skin molting off yeah it's 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 gross and it's described in great detail even during sex scenes yeah so uh how sexy was this book lane no it's not sexy and we know eloisa james can go there we have read some sexy stuff that she has written so the first sex scene it's fine it mm, they kind of pause in the middle for him to explain the origin of his leg scar and what impotent means. So he's kind of giving her simultaneously a kind of condescending anatomy lesson while talking about the time his father likes physical abuse went to the next level where his father mistook him for Satan and threw him into a fireplace. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And then the last sex scene, she's, um, Part of the sexiness is him rubbing the dead skin, sloughing it off her body. It's pretty gross. And then in the middle, we get, like, the least sexy blowjob. Oh, yeah. Personally, I did not find it sexy. It was one of those blowjobs where the word balls is used too many times. Well, and they talked, uh, it, it was, like, too scientific and 
He is gross. Yeah, it was honestly. I think I found every sex scene either traumatizing or gross. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't into it. I wasn't into it. And I was like, "Come on, we have read My American Duchess. We know that you can be sexy. Like they have a private sea pool where they go swimming, naked, or like in chemises that get soaked. And the sex scene that happens there is gross. Mm -hmm. So I was disappointed in that. And then what what bugged me the most about this book was so his father is addicted to laudanum. Uh, he's a he's recovered at this point, but he did some really 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 bad stuff while he was in the throes of the addiction. So we've already talked about how he physically abused his child and and scarred him for life. So Piers is now in pain for the rest of his life. Not because- impotent though, just to be clear. He's not impotent, but he is literally in pain because it didn't heal right. Uh, He also divorced his wife. He alleged that she was unfaithful to him, although she wasn't, and forced her to leave society and go to France. So he he, basically he did some stuff that, that was really awful. And then we are expected, not just we as the readers, but his family is expected to forgive him at the end of the book. And it's implied that he's going to, he and the the Duchess are going to get remarried. It's not implied. It's stated directly that the wedding is next week. Right. It's, I mean, look, it's one thing to forgive someone for the horrible things that they've done and acknowledge that they have changed. It's another to forgive them so much that you're just going to be, that you're going to forget about everything that they did. And to me, it, it wasn't just the act of forgiving him that bothered me. It was Piers's internal moralization mm-hmm. of what the way they both chose. The, he and his mother separately were dealing with the relationships they wanted to have with the father. And the way Piers conceptualized like morally what that meant for each of them and to each other was just very messed up. Yeah. Like, and the way... I, yeah, and the way Lynette was like, oh, you should really forgive him. All he wants is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, Lynette, that's fine, but. You don't know. You don't know what it was like, you know. I don't know. I had some some big issues with it. I, I'm really over the, you know, maintaining distance between you yourself and toxic people is just you keeping negativity in as a moral. Like, no, that's bullshit. Well, and it's also, like, this is a fairy tale. So it was like they treated, she was treating addiction like it was an evil spell that just yes. gets dispelled and then it's fixed, right? That's not oh my how God, Meg. works. Yes, that's no, entirely I, it. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, it, it wasn't treated like an actual issue and that people deal with in actual mature ways. So. Right. So sadly... You know what? It sounds like we hated this book, and I didn't hate it, actually. Like, there were things I liked about it. Well, like, their banter, which we've said we liked. And the thing is, that is a lot of the pages. It's a lot of the book. It's a pretty but short I, book. Yeah, but I can't say, okay, cool, the banter was half the book, and I liked that half. But there was a lot of crap in the other half that I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not – I feel like it's not as bad as we just ranted about. I think we talk – we talk more about the things that we don't like in a book than the things that we do. Especially when the things we do like aren't sexiness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if this book had been like sexier, 
probably would like it more. I was really grossed out by this book, though. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to figure out how to, like, trigger warning, content warning. If you don't want to read about a woman's skin sores and the process of removing them from her body, (laughs) don't read this book. Yeah. Trigger warning, dermatological issues. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is that a thing? Can I like make that a thing? I think you can make it a thing. I don't know. We'd have to, I, we should look it up. I bet there's a, some kind of content warning in there about it. Yeah, like content warning and also spoiler alert, dermatological issues. Dermatological issues. Sorry. I hated it. I hated that. That part. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, but I hate that part a lot. So in general, I would say I like Eloisa James. This was not one of my favorites of hers. Yeah, I'm totally indifferent to this one. That's like, I guess if I had to like re- recommend or not recommend it, I lean toward not because I was disgusted, not turned on. Yeah. But like, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I mean, we've definitely read way worse books. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have. Well, if you enjoy us talking about books, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.